Who's older? First question right there. Which one of y'all is older? All right. I am older. This is Dr. Jermaine Hoffman speaking. I am older by about eight minutes, which is a long, complicated story um, <laughs> in and of, of itself. Um, but yeah, I am older. So what, so, uh, okay. so we, we don't need to skim over everything. So what's the story? What's the story? Let's hear it. Oh, why the eight minutes? Oh, why the eight minutes? Okay, okay, okay. Well, so the, the eight minute story. Okay, so basically what happened was, was that... What is up, fam? I'm Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, the author of Pre-Med Mondays, author of Black Men and White Coats, author of the Doctor Doc Children series, author of the Doctor's Got Stuff Publishing, and a whole bunch of other random stuff got going on in my life. It's to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, the place where clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. I am super excited about today's guests, plural. I didn't say guests, I said guests. Plural. Super excited about them. A lot of y'all already gonna know who they are. If you're if you're in any sort of um, social media thing and you follow doctors, you're gonna know who they are. And 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 those of you who are watching on YouTube, make sure y'all watch and subscribe on YouTube. You can see them right now. So you already know who they are. Super excited. But one second on that, I'm gonna get to them here in a little bit. Just want to remind y'all of a few things. First off, the Black Men and White Coast Youth Summits. We are back, rocking and rolling. I'm coming to Chicago next month. So actually, I don't know when this is gonna come out, but. We're coming to Chicago June 4th. So shout out, we back. And we got my guy, Dr. Pierre Johnson, going to be doing the keynote speech. We got Abdul Pratt. I got a message from Ledette. What's up, Ledette? Um, so hopefully we're going to pull Ledette through up there in Chicago as well. And after Chicago, we got like 19 more of these summers coming across the country. So y'all be ready. We're coming to a city near you. First thing. Second thing is pre-meds. I'm trying to tell you, we're paying for your MCATs. We're paying for your MCATs. So we're going to put the link down below. Go to there. It'll take you like five minutes to click, fill the little format or whatever. As long as you do everything right. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not everybody's going to get it, but most people will get it, right? Just fill it out. We're giving y'all money, okay? Hey, you want to save yourself a few hundred bucks? Money's in the bank. I'm going to cut you a check. We're going to pay for your MCATs, right? We want to help you guys out. All right. With all that said, now I'm super excited to introduce these two guests. Man, my goodness. They're like social media Giants. Giant might not even be a big enough word for it. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe Titans and whatever the biggest type of creature thing you could imagine. That's these two guys. Man, I think I, I think I looked, I think it's over three million followers total across the social media platform. Something bonkers like that, right? I'm really impressed, but not just not just the social media followers, like doing good stuff. The information they put out there is great information you're putting out there and educating. And they're also just killing it academically, chief residents, all sorts of great stuff. Not one, but two. They're twins. It's Dr. Hogstrom and Dr. Hogstrom. Jermaine and Jeremy Hogstrom. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Us. Thank you for having us, Dr. Bell. We're very excited to be here. Absolutely. Very excited. <laughs> Man, I'm super excited. So obviously, you know, we've been we've been um reaching out to y'all and just trying to coordinate this time and such. And I know you guys are busy. I mean, you guys are everywhere. So I know you're busy. So you know, I really, really appreciate y'all taking the time out. We have to, we're on a weekend. We know we don't do stuff on weekends, but you know, for y'all, man, we're, we're going to miss it. We need to make sure we get this in with you guys. Absolutely. Um, appreciate it, man. <laughs> super excited to hear your stories and, and we're going to take it way back, way, way back. So let's just, let's just jump, jump right into this. All right. All right. <laughs> Who's older? First question right there. Which one of y'all is older? All right. I am older. This is Dr. Jermaine Hoffman speaking. I am older by about eight minutes which is a long, complicated story um, <laughs> in and of, of itself. Um, but yeah, I am older. So what, so, uh, okay. so we, we don't need to skim over everything. So what's the, story? what's the story? Let's hear it. Oh, why the eight minutes? Oh, why the eight minutes? Okay, okay, okay. Well, so the, the eight minute story. Okay, so 
basically what happened was, was that I was born through a natural birth and he was born through a C-section. So bless our, 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 our mom for being able to go through that long uh, trial there. But, you know, so there were some complications there um, involving the um, cord being wrapped around his neck from what we understand. Yep. Um, so therefore he had to kind of have an like emergency surgery to get him out. Yep. So I was, I was the one playing around with the uh, umbilical cord. So, you know, heart rate started going down and oxygen started going down. So they switched planes pretty quickly. <laughs> so, but here I am <laughs> doing well. That's pretty cool. I don't I don't know much about OB, but I, I wonder how often that happens where you get one natural one C-section. That's pretty interesting. Yep. 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 Um, my my oldest son was the same. My oldest son, he had the cord. I think it was my oldest. One of my kids had the cord wrapped around. Also, we had, we had some of those types of situations as well. All right. So speaking, since we're talking about your mom and this, tell me about your parents. So we'll get into learning about you guys, but you're not behind every, you know, great child, you know, parents or parents. So tell me about your parents. Yeah. So, you know, um, our mom, our mother, she um, is from small town, Mississippi. It's called Lewis, Mississippi, about 30 minutes outside of Starkville, which is where Mississippi State is. Um, you know, growing up, um, you know, we actually grew up mostly with our with our father, um, but we were always, you know, back and forth, you know, seeing our mother. And so we grew up with our father, actually, in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Tennessee. Um, so, you know, our mother, you know, everybody's always asking us like, well, what is, what do our parents do, right? They, are they have to be doctors or something? And like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Um, our mother is a physical therapist. She mm-hmm. did, she's done a lot of home health physical therapy, um, you know, throughout her, her career. That's kind of where she started. And she's loved, loved that, love the personal connections that she's made with her parents and, and uh, sorry, her patients, not her parents, <laughs> parents too, but patients. And, um, you know, for us actually growing up, we would, you know, kind of sometimes be able to see what those interactions were like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on holidays, the patients would give her stuff and cakes and all these just cool things. And, and, uh, but yeah, she, you know, she's done a lot of physical therapy throughout her, her life. And, and, um, you know, that also sort of, I mean, in the beginning, really sort of, you know, opened our eyes, introduced us somewhat to the med- medical field. Yeah. Um, Y'all were like, y'all were like, man, patients are giving them, giving her gifts, man. We got to do that. You know, right. Exactly. I want some, I want cake, you know, no, no. But what, what it really was, was just that seeing that appreciation and seeing the, you know, how you can really sort of have that, um, that, you know, impact on somebody's life you know, and help them through tough times. You know, I mean, she, you know, she was helping rehabilitate people, you know, older people that may have fallen, broken a hip, people that may have been in car accidents, you know, all, all sort of things. And, you know, kind of seeing that growing up really, I think, put a seed in us, you know, of, you know, whatever we decide to want to do, we want to make sure that, you know, it's something that can really, you know, have an impact on people's lives and that we're able to, you know, touch people in in special ways and and just be able to be there for them in the toughest time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, um, our, our father, we, you know, we grew up with him, like I said earlier, and um, he is definitely way far from any sort of medical field. He's <laughs> far, far, far from. He's been mostly in the the broadcasting. You know, he he oh, early in his days he was doing broadcast journalism, and then um, really now throughout most of his career he's been doing a lot. Um, he works for a PBS television station, so um, he's president and CEO of basically the. It's been that for several different uh, local public television stations across across America and different cities, and so I mean he's been everywhere from California to Florida to Tennessee. Well, I just had I just had yeah. a, the, the light bulb moment just clicked in my head. 
Mom was in health. Dad was in media. You there you guys go. Are, there you go. <laughs> it all makes sense now. It all, it all, it all makes sense. Social media. <laughs> so here comes social uh, media, right? So, you know, it's it's uh, funny because we always look with people and, and, we, and we tell them that, you know, we are the true P P uh, PBS kids, right? And, you know, because we, we grew up around it a lot and, yeah. um, you know, all things in, in that way and just... You know, we're watch all the shows. We like know all the shows. We've you know gotten to really have just some really cool cool uh, experiences. Experience. Yeah, and, and we've even you know just growing up growing up around our dad and his career too. You know, we I mean we've spent long days and long nights at, at the studios and the, you know you know um, at, at the office in the studio. We would watch him you know do different things you know on TV and um, you know just kind of being a part of that you know, growing up. So for us, you know, we've always sort of had that in our, in the back of our head too, like, man, you know, this like media thing is pretty cool, right. you know, oh, but, yeah. um, but either way, you know, so for us, as you can tell, you know, our paths of choices to, to make as far as, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? It was pretty right. wide open because you have different yeah. parents on different complete opposite ends of the spectrum career-wise. So y'all did, y'all did, End up doing what both of them did, though, in a sense, and they kind of put it mm, together. In a roundabout way, yeah, we really, we really did. Yep, yep. So, what was your, what was y'all's favorite um, PBS show? Ooh, wow, that's a good so, question. Man, uh, I guess this would kind of go more back to like early two thousands and late nineties. Um, one thing, one show we did watch a lot was was Arthur. I think that was a pretty big one at the time. Um, I know Zoom became a big one too. Was with, with all the kids. Um, that was still a really good one. Um, I, still, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you if you guys watch Zoom. Yeah, yeah we yeah, watched Zoom. Definitely watched uh, that. Man, what else was there? That was a wow. Uh, what else was there? This was, I think those are the main two for us, though, really. But yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure those are like the main two. So it was for us, it was all about Arthur, all about Zoom. And, yeah. and you know, <laughs> so we, we always went to like all of the, the Sesame Street lives. That was pretty cool. Having some nice backstage access there, you know, VIP access. It was, that, that, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Elmo up close, it's, right? Tickle me, right? <laughs> yeah, that, I get, I, when I was like, I remember three or four, I remember doing the, um, the Sesame Street on ice and stuff like that. Yeah. So what kind of... um. So first of all, that's super cool. I, I still think it's amazing how y'all kind of put those two things together. And you guys are still super early in your careers. I mean, who knows what where y'all will go with media, right? So what kind of thing, what kind of kids were you all? So when you're, you know, um, between five and 10, kind of that younger elementary school, you know, age type, were you guys um, into the books? Were you into sports? Were you into music? What kind of kids were y'all? And, and actually where, you know, was one of you like this and one of you a different type of way? Yeah. Um, I think I would say I think we were probably into a lot of different things. Um, um, one thing we picked up pretty early was tennis. We we started learning that at a pretty early age. Uh, we uh, learned, we actually picked up piano uh, in in middle school. Um, also in elementary, we started uh, taekwondo, which we now have our have a fir first degree black belts in. Um, so oh, that nice. that's pretty cool. Um, I think one thing that that maybe probably a little bit different was that I was pretty big into into drawing when I was younger. Um, I like to really draw a lot of things and um, it was just kind of my my thing. And I think because of it, you know, when they kind of going back to when they ask, well, what did you want to be when you when you grew up? Well, I mean, I was actually really big into architecture. Um, you know, I thought I might want to be like, you know, de uh, designing houses or or or, or buildings. Um, but that did kind of change late, later on. What do you say that you were, you were big into? Yeah, I mean, those were a lot of things that we did uh, growing up. And, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of it still, you know, carries with us 
today. Oh, yeah. You know, we have a, Definitely. I mean, we still play the piano from time, time to time whenever yep. we have free time and, and just to kind of relax and just to, to do something different and kind of escape, um, you know, so, you know, we have, we still do, do that. Um, I would say growing up, uh, I remember younger, I think it's fair to say that we were more on the shy side, actually. Um, I yeah, think so. <laughs> I, was, I think I think we're more shy. I remember, you know, not really um, being like a out there kind of a person, you know, I'm mm-hmm. um, just kind of wanting to keep to myself. And this was more like preschool, kindergarten, early elementary school kind of days. Um, I remember kind of being being more that way. Yeah. Um, so what's you know, which is definitely a complete 360 from what we're doing now. And I'm definitely not as <laughs> shy at, at, by any means anymore. You know, we're putting ourselves out there. So even, ways. so even, even like when you meet somebody in person in real life, I mean, right now, you're not shy. Cause some people, you know, are, are really introverts, but they know how to put themselves out there for yeah. the sake of publics, you know, public, whatever. Um, so you guys, so you're not shy at all. If you, if you come to a cocktail party, you just free willy. Oh yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. definitely have no no problem, you know, conversing and starting a conversation with people. And um, you know, I just just like to have really just have a good time. Yeah. That's fascinating. So so when you were young, I don't know, I don't know this question, but you were shy as kids. You would think that maybe being twins, you wouldn't be shy because you'd have kind of that yeah. extra layer of confidence. Somebody you always know, and y'all, of course, weren't always together, but you know what I mean? You're probably I assume you went to the same school, things like that. So you you have that kind of backup, you know, in close proximity, you would think that that would kind of boost confidence always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, um, I mean, it's like, I, I remember, you know, I think we always had confidence like in each other together. Right. Um, it was just more of a, I don't know what, what it was actually, but I, I just remember like, you know, not really saying a whole lot all, all the time when it came to, you know, interacting and stuff. But, um, but I think that, you know, to be honest, like along the way, I just kind of grew out of it. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I can't really explain it, but yeah, yeah I, I do remember like in preschool, I was like, man, I, I really don't want to be here. Actually. I just want to go back home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, you know, definitely kind of grew out of that, that phase. And, um, in, and now, you know, we definitely use our, I don't know, our twin power, our brotherhood to, um, really, you know, push forward ideas that, that we have. And, so what, what now, you know, a lot of times is, you know, if one of us comes up with an idea for something or we want to do something, you know, it's, it's, it's always a team effort for things. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that especially, you know, our dad really wanted to instill in us was to always work together and work hard for everything that, you know, and everything that we uh, do. And, um, you know, definitely attribute a lot to what we do mm-hmm. now, you know, to that, you know, having that instilled in us growing up. Yeah. yeah that's, that's super important. You know, my family, we're, we're pretty, we're, we're very close. There's four kids in my family. I'm the youngest. There's four kids. So people see this black men and white coat stuff. And I think most people mm-hmm. see kind of my face, Dr. Dale. But what yeah. some people know, some people don't know, is my brother, Dr. Daniel's behind every, everything. Like after we finish recording this podcast, everything's going straight to him. He's going to put it together. He's going to make yeah. He does all of our social media. I don't even see what happened. Shout out to my big brother, Dr. Daniel, because I don't even see nice. what happens to anything anymore after this, right? Yeah. Um, so kind of similar to what you're saying, like the two of you guys work together. We do a lot of stuff together. Then my oldest brother, he's like smarter than all of us. He's brains. He's always giving us ideas. My sister's in law. She's good. Like what, yep. what you're saying, what your dad did for y'all is huge. Like giving you a partner from the get go and saying, you guys figure this thing called life out to get. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Your dad. Um, 
you know, it sounds like your dad did, did, was, did very well, respected. What was the influence? Like, what, what, what did it mean to y'all to, to be able to see a man in that position doing those things, to see your dad doing that? Like, what did that do for you all in your life to, in, in your, you know, your pursuit of excellence? Not, not medicine, but your pursuit of excellence, just having him in your life. We'll be right back. We need more black men in white coats because we need to save the lives of more black men. There were fewer black men applying to medical school in 2014 than in 1978. There are several medical schools that do not have any black men in their classrooms. When that is the case, and we're in a learning environment, there's going to be different conclusions made about how to care for people if there are not diverse people around the table. You need to care about your fellow man and woman, otherwise we all suffer. So the reason why white people, white women should care about diversifying physician workforce, which includes black men, is because it makes it better for all of us. Historically, the system wasn't designed for black men to succeed. My mom, on and off drugs, in and out of jail my whole life, and becoming an orthopedic spine surgeon. If I can do it, and come from that environment, and everything that I went through, I think you can also. There are little black boys out there who see me on TV, who see me in this role, and who may not have ever thought that they could be a doctor, much less Surgeon General, who when they see that, all of a sudden think, I can do that too. We're approaching this as though it's a problem versus realizing that we have a crisis on our hands. What's the impact if this problem doesn't change? Black people are gonna continue dying. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, if you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on wrecks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on wrecks, ain't playing around. Black man, white yeah. coke, shit, we up right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta set you a goal. You gotta accomplish your Yeah, I, I think really just, the, you know, the biggest thing for me kind of seeing, so he he's from Li, Li, uh, Liberia, which is um, in the Western part of Africa. And, you know, he he came here when he was very, very young and didn't really have much. Um, and just seeing kind of where he is now, kind of compared to kind of where he came from and how he was able to come here, go to school, build a career, um, essentially out of, out of nothing, um, and really just set his mind to what he really wanted to do and not only achieve that, but even, but go beyond that, right? So it's, for me, it's seeing that, that's really part of what really makes me, what pushes me to want to do, do the best that I can and be the best that I can be um, and whatever it is that, that we do. Um, and I think just seeing what he's achieved now, um, it's really, you know, I think it's like the ultimate inspiration, being able to see how he's able to impact people and reach out into the community and uh, do things on TV and just having a very broad reach and, and, and impact. And I, th I think that really influenced how we wanted to approach me uh, medicine, just in being able to incorporate um, me media to a certain extent. Um, and being able to leverage that and use that uh, to our, our advantage. 
Yeah, um, I completely agree. You know, just like what he said, you know, he came over at, at a young age and, you know, seeing what he does now and and not only what he's doing, but like how he does it and how he carries himself, you know, it definitely um, influenced how we carry our, ourselves. You know, we, um, you know, we, we always, we always, uh, you know, growing up with him, he was definitely more on the stricter side. I'll, I will say that, you know, he um, definitely, you know, in his mind has a, a plan and idea for how, you know, he wants his kids to be right. And not in the sense that, you know, oh, we have to do this career or you have to go in this direction, but how, how they want, how he wants them to behave, you know, how they want, them, you know, us to respect people and how, how he wants us to also be respected. Right. And so carrying that, you know, although, you know, we are entering like, you know, this field of medicine where, where, you know, black men are, this, you know, the minority, you know, it kind of gave us a sense of confidence that, you know, we recognize that we're the minority, but at the same time, you know, a, a confidence that we can still do it, you know, no matter what, that we will make it to the end and we'll just keep pushing through whatever barriers, whatever obstacles that, you know, we might encounter. And so, again, seeing how, you know, seeing the different struggles and things that he's faced, whether it's career-wise or, or whether it's racially motivated issues that have come up, um, you know, seeing him get through those things and still maintain where he at, you know, where he is and what he's doing is definitely inspiring and very motivating for us. So, you know, I feel like that's where we get some of our um, confidence from. It's definitely, you know, from him seeing what he's done. So, you know. I love that. You know, like we do this black men and white coat stuff sometimes. I think I think some people might come to our events or they tune into our stuff because they think we're gonna sit here and and rant about racism and talk about how, you know, black people are doing, we're performing at whatever level we are because we don't have opportunities. Mm. But that's not what we do, you know, like, like, yeah, there's issues out there, right? That, that stuff, that stuff is out there. But what you just said about your dad is huge, right? Like there's going to be issues out there, yeah. but we still rise to be successful, right? Exactly. And I tell people like, that's what we do. We right. say there's <laughs> issues out there, all right? Like, hey, we're going to work on the issues. That's cool. But at the same time, get on your grind, bust your butt, rise. Now, you know, mm -hmm. like I tell my kids, I say, hey, the next person might not care about you. So, yeah, you know, they're not worried about your issues. So you got to figure it out. And then when exactly. you get there, then you try to help other people, you know. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It, it sounds like that's kind of what you're describing the mind. No, exactly. Of your dad. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we recently gave us gave a speech down and we did the keynote um, keynote address at the SNMA. Uh, board of Directors Dinner down in Orlando. Shout out to SNMA. Shout out to yeah. SNMA, yeah. man. They're they continuously great. doing awesome things and definitely and really, you know, pulling a lot of people together that mm -hmm. want to enter this field that, you know, may lack confidence or may not know the way. And they're really doing a good job. We met so many really amazing pe people. And, um, you know, during, you know, some, one of the things that we talked about, well, two of the things that we talked about, um, one was that, you know, it has to do with, you know, not always being so concerned with seeking outside validation, right? You know, seeking validation mm -hmm. from somebody else for, for what you want to, to do, right? Right, right? right. You know, I remember, you know, one thing that we, we told them was that, you know, with all the, with all the things that you want to do and all the challenges that you may face, you know, if, if you're waiting for that outside validation to come, then you're might as well keep waiting until the end of time, because, mm -hmm nobody is going to be the one to push you and, 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 and approve what you're doing. Right. 
you know, that could only come from within. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes people might, you know, might lack inside is that they want that external validation. And I understand, you know, we all to some extent want to be validated, right? But not, but not so much so to where you're waiting and waiting and then it hinders your own progress and your own success. So, you know, with that being said, you know, you have to make sure that, again, especially if you're approaching this journey, you know where you, what you want to, to do, have that plan in place and have that support system behind you. And at the end of the, the, the day, you'll put in the hard work and you'll make it there. So, yeah. But so it's that outside validation that we have to not be so worried about. Yeah, I mean, you got to set your own goals, right? You set your goals and, you know, and it's not even about whether or not you accomplish the goal. It's more so about the process, the grind to get to the goal. You know, so people, it's not about whether you accomplish the goal, it's about who you become on yes. your way to accomplishing that goal. And, and exactly. that has nothing to do with yeah. external validation, you know? Exactly. And, you know, we also talked about failure, right? You mm-hmm. know, especially on this journey, <laughs> you oh, know, <laughs> you know, we talked about that, you know, um, we talked about the importance of, of not being so scared of failure that mm-hmm. you get so hindered in what you want to do that it breaks your confidence. Right. right. You know, because failure is a natural process of learning and growing exactly. and, and thriving. Right. And, you know, not everybody's path is going to be like so different from, you know, even within our own residency class, how mm-hmm. we all got to where we are completely different paths. Yeah. And, you know, we've all had our own failures along the way. Um, but, you know, we always talk about it's, it's how you respond to your failure, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. that makes that that difference, you right. know, you know, so we always tell people basically not to fear failure, but to fear not trying hard enough. Right. Yeah. Right. Because fa- once you fail at something, you can you can learn from that and move on. The path will be a little bit clearer for you. Yep. You know, you can move on, learn and and you know, keep moving forward. But if, if you, if you're fearing just the sake of failure so, so much to where you then decide, you. yeah, it's, per, per, it's, it's preventing, preventing you. you stepping out there. Exactly. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of our, our mindset from, you know, from, from now on is that, yeah, yeah. that's just kind of how we are. And it, it takes a minute to kind of get to that mindset. I'm not, not going to lie. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's just wake up and say, Oh, okay. You know, I'm not going to fear failure. I'm just going to go for it. But, but it's just, it's all through a learning experience about that. You start to realize how much sometimes your, your own hesitations and your own doubts can really mess with you. Yeah. So, and, and one thing, you know, kind of looking on the other side again, you know, we, so we started this, this long journey, you know, of trying to go to med school, then trying to become a doctor. And, and one thing I remember that we talked about, especially during that, that speech too, that I felt was, was very important, was, you know, not focusing so much on, on what it is that you want to be, but focus on who you want to be, right? Because, you know, it, ta- it takes years, it takes yeah. years to become a physician. And a lot of people on this path, they focus on that so much that they get there and they become this doctor, but then they kind of lose sight of, okay, what do they want to do now, right? And that's where that question of who do you want to be comes into place? What impact do you want to have? What, you know, how do you want to impact people uh, where you where you live? Uh, what what mark do you want to, to leave? So that's kind of what we uh, focus on now is, is who do we want to be? That's huge. I always tell people, you know, it's on the same band that, you know, I teach about job versus your work, right? Like work, work deals more with who you are, who do you want to be, you know, 
um, you know, the Bible as Adam, God gave Adam work is about work, right? A job is, is how you spend your time in exchange for resources, money or whatever. And, you know, to the exact point you're making there, people get so caught up in thinking, you know, I'm going to go become a doctor. That's your job, right? You know, in a certain sense, it's doing that work. But the who you want to be, the work you want to do, work is like your lifelong dream. That's so yeah. much bigger. Exactly. And what 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 happens if you're a doctor and then you know something, you're a surgeon and something bad happens that you know you do bad, you you know you mess up in a case, right? Which everybody's gonna mess up at some point. Mm-hmm. And that gets to you deep, and it's harder to bounce back from it because you think who I am, you know, like I am the person that messes up. I am rather than saying that's yeah. not who I am, you know, and that exactly. that that's huge, you know. I love the fact that you guys are telling that to the you know younger generation because that's something the kids the earlier you can learn that I think the more the more free you'll be to pursue the things you want to yeah. pursue in life. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. huge. That's huge. So let's 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 um, rewind back to to kind of um, uh, junior high high school right. So eventually, obviously, y'all have progressed in life and you, you know successful doctors early, very early in your career still. But you know when. In terms of an academic, at some point you have to be doing good academically to, you know, to even get on track to pursue this career. What kind of students were you all? Were you good students or did, when did the, when did you guys become good students? Was it day one preschool, you know, the ABCs from like one year old or did did something click for you guys somewhere along that journey? Yeah. You know, I think for us, it started, I want to say it started pretty early actually. Um, And that's, and that's one thing that um, both of our, our parents really instilled in us is, you know, make it a point to try to perform well academically, because that really sets the foundation for anything that you want to do going, going forward. And, and people, um, I think sometimes people don't realize that. Um, So for, for example, for us, we, I think, when both when we ultimately decided that we wanted to go to med school was I think somewhere around middle school um to oh, early, wow. early so that, high that school early was when we both kind of figured okay this is something that we could really want to to do so we talked with our our advisor and you know we kind of got uh, got set on on that, that that track of trying to take um, the more challenging science courses that would really kind of push you and prepare you for undergrad um and then wait did you say middle school yeah yeah about middle school about, about early, yeah, early high, high school. yeah late middle school early, early high school yeah. okay so in, so in middle school you had the idea that you wanted to do it and, and you guys had the the maturity to go talk to an advisor about what do we need to do at that age yeah yeah pr- pretty much you <laughs> yeah. know i mean of course well, you know in, in high school we're like when we were assigned in an advisor but you know at that time it was more talking about that you know if we were heading in this direction, especially sciences and STEM and, and medicine, potentially, you know, that's what, you know, that's, that's what we talked, talked about. And, and kind of going back to your question about, you know, when, you know, were we always like making good grades and things? I mean, so I do recall like in elementary school, um, I was actually wasn't this straight A student, actually, I was making, I was, I would make, I mean, A's and B's, you know, you know, I was never really like a straight A student, but, yeah. but um, I do recall that actually, um, I think when I got to the sixth grade, because we switched, had switched schools at that time, was I uh, think when I started saying, you know, what, why, why didn't I make A's on some of those B's, you know, <laughs> you know, and that's, I think when I remember pushing a little bit harder now. And so, you know, I remember like, you know, the first test came and I was like, hey, you know, what? I'm just going to make, make an A on this test and see like how perfect I can get this score just because I, I was just trying to try like challenge myself and see, can I actually do it? You know, and um, I do remember sure enough, you know, I got score really high, like on the first test, you know, you know, for the first semester at this like new school. And I was like, man, okay, now I'm going to see 
see how far I can take take this, you know? Yep. And by the end of the the year and like the sixth grade, I was like, dang, I was like actually getting like all A's and and things like that. And I think that was really the first time that I kind of actually believed in my like own academic abilities um, to actually make all A's, you know, by putting in that that work. And really since there, I, I you know, I think sixth, seventh grade, I was able, you know, we were, I guess as I say, we were able to kind of carry that carry that and keep keep it up but i do remember prior really prior to the sixth grade i wasn't really making like all a's it was usually a's b's maybe a c every here and there but um but yeah you know it's definitely a a lesson to myself that you know if i put in that work and kind of set that goal and you know it's like setting those little goals along the way okay i'm gonna make an a on this test next test next test and then by the end of the year it was like you know making a's and that was really the first year that i'd ever had of making all a's which was, I remember very, very exciting things. I'd never done that bit before. And, um, and yeah. And so since then, I was like a really big confidence booster to kind of carry that mindset, you know, as I got older into, into uh, late middle school and high school. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really fascinating because you guys are talking and maybe it's just me and, you know, my friends, but I think back to like, when, you know, my wife's a doctor too. So I think back to like, I didn't know her when she was, you know, middle school, I didn't meet her till we met like, right at the very beginning of college. But when I was young, I wasn't thinking about making like straight A's. I just went to school and did whatever you're supposed to do in school. <laughs> and I think I made straight A's in second grade and then I made straight A's again, like in seventh grade and then high school, mm-hmm. I, did, I did fairly well. But I think I didn't care about my grades. You know, it's not a good yeah. thing. I know my wife didn't care about her grades, right? <laughs> I, I, I think about my friends, like the folks I went to med school. I don't think they really cared about their grades like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I do, you know, do all these podcasts and such. I feel like the younger docs that I interview now, at some point, it seems like for a lot more of y'all, it clicked. Like I interviewed um, Dr. Justin Sands. We just put his episode out. Um, yeah. I, you know, interviewed him and he was telling me stuff like, you know, he was like just on it the whole way through. I feel like <laughs> the younger generation now, for whatever reason, you guys are on it. And it's fascinating because in sports, so um, my oldest, um, well, all my kids play sports, but my oldest guy right here, he's 10 now, that's an old picture. Yeah. My oldest son, he's like... Um, like he's very into it. Like it's like the training and stuff like that. I feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's just become a generational thing where at younger ages, people are more focused on the types of things they want to do. Exactly. And they're more aware and things are happening younger nowadays than the world. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would agree. I think it's so. I would agree. So. Even, even our younger sister, you know, I think back to like things that she's doing now. And I'm like, man, I mean, I wasn't thinking about that even, mm-hmm. at, you know, at, at her age too. So I, I see it how too. Old, how, old, you know? how old is your younger sister? Our younger sister, uh, well, we have a couple of younger siblings, but our younger sister back in Tennessee, she is uh, 14, I think. Hope, hopefully I'm not counting wrong. Or <laughs> <laughs> turning 14 this year. Can't remember. <laughs> and you guys, you guys certainly influence her, so she probably definitely sees something. But that's just a really fascinating thing. When, when I heard you guys say that, you know, met with your boss, you talked to your boss about these things, I'm like, goodness gracious. Like, I was just out there trying to throw a basketball on the goal or whatever, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. So, uh, um. So some you guys decide pretty young, and then we kind of let's kind of uh, move the timeline ahead. High school, <clears throat> I imagine you guys did fairly well. Um, yeah, pretty well, yeah. As before, before I get to this part, I'm, where I'm going to is I want to know where you guys went to college and why the decision. But before that, anything crazy in high school? Like, what what were you? What was the thing you were most into in high school outside of the classroom? What? Oh, what did you definitely, it was a hundred percent. I'm kicking flavor, no saga, yeah. Ay, I like them blues. I might go Janet like 
Jackson. I got the margin, y'all. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh.